Welcome to Larry Reedy's America. Uh, today we have uh, uh, two people from Margaret Mary Hospital in Batesville, Indiana. Uh, one is uh, Sherry Brower, Director of Marketing. The other one is Becky Walter, Marketing Coordinator. Coordinator, okay. And uh, let's, let's start with you, Becky. Uh, where were you born, grade school, high school? And I'll ask you a couple questions. Well, actually, I was born at Margaret Mary Hospital um, in 1979. My parents lived out at Hamburg at the time, and so um, it's, it's kind of funny. I've worked there for over 22 years now, um, so I think it's interesting that that's where, that's where I started. That's where, that's where I was born. So what grade school and high school? Uh, so I, I did go to school um, kindergarten in Oldenburg, but then my parents moved to Greensburg. So I went through the Greensburg, I went to St. Mary's School, and then um, on to the Greensburg Junior High and finished out my high school at Oldenburg Academy. Oldenburg Academy, okay. And um, how about you, Sherry? Sure. Yeah, so I feel like I'm going to reiterate a lot of what Becky just said. I was born at Margaret Mary Hospital um, in 1979 as well, and I went to grade school actually at Oldenburg Elementary, so I was one of the, the last groups, I think, to make it mm -hmm. all the way through that school. Um, then I went to Batesville Middle School, and I did my high school at Oldenburg Academy as oh, well. Okay. Yeah, well, I had all the, our three girls all went to Oldenburg Academy. In fact, uh, my daughter Julie taught there for a few years and then went on to uh, Mount Notre Dame in Cincinnati and she's head of the language department there. So, okay, uh, after high school, what came next for you? After high school, I went to Franklin College and got a degree in public relations and journalism. Um, following that, I had done an internship um, at several hospitals, and one of those was Margaret Mary. So I kind of got my foot in the door and really enjoyed it. Loved working um, within my own community mm -hmm. um, and just loved healthcare from the beginning. And so, although there wasn't a position available for me, I always uh, kind of stayed connected. So when something did come available, I was ready to grab it up. Okay, Sherry? Uh, yeah, so I went to Purdue University um, after high school. I managed in business and marketing. Um, and then when I graduated, I took a job at Forethought Financial Services, um, which was a division of Hill and Brand, uh, working in their marketing department. Um, and I worked with them through all the acquisitions. Um, I was with them when it was still, it's still a Global Atlantic financial group. Um, and then I left there about seven years ago and moved to Margaret Mary. Uh, Margaret Mary really appealed to me because it's just such a community focused organization. And I was ready to take a position that allowed me to have more impact in my community and more focus yeah. on well, home. Funny, funny thing, and this goes back years ago, but when Margaret Mary was a small nonprofit hospital and, uh, Brink Miller and I were having a cup of coffee, and he said, you know, we've got to get an elevator. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I said, I think Hanson and uh, Glazer are getting tired of getting stuck in the elevator. And I said, you getting prices? He said, yeah, 60 grand. I said, well, why don't you go to Hillenbrand Foundation? Oh, I said, we, we got money. I said, ah, you might need a roof. He said, we don't need a roof. I said, you're going to need a roof someday. Go to the foundation and ask them. I said, what? they're going to say yes or no. Ten minutes there, he walked out with a check, 60 grand, 
That's not going to happen today. <laughs> a little, little more involved today. Okay, who wants to talk about the history, where, how Margaret Mary got started, and whoever talks about the history, and then we'll talk about present and future with the next one. Sure. We want to talk? Yes, okay. I could talk about the history. Okay. okay. Um, it was in 1932 when uh, Margaret Mary opened its doors, um, and it was named after our primary founders, uh, Margaret Hillenbrand, and it was her daughter, Mary Mitchell. And they got together and decided that we needed a hospital close to home for area residents. Um, over the years, we've changed and grown multiple times. Um, eventually, the nuns sold the the hospital to, uh, this is where I'm freezing. You're going to have to cut this and start over. No, no we're, <laughs> we're okay. Hey, I, I made many mistakes on this. Oh, you do? Yeah, <laughs> no, no worries. So they sold it, um, and that, at that time, that's when it was named uh, the Margaret Mary uh, Community Hospital. Right. Um, over the years, we have expanded, adding the cancer center, the rehab center. We've opened offices in Osgood and Batesville, as well as Brookville. Um, so we've really changed and adapted quite a bit to, to meet the community's needs over the years. Yeah. Well, you know, and I want to interject this one thing. Uh, years ago, there was no such thing as an off-site facility of any kind. And against, I was against this, and one other guy on the executive committee was against it. Uh, we had a consultant come in because he wanted, the thought was to build a facility on the grounds of Margaret Mary. And I said, that's stupid. Get, you know, get somebody that doesn't know, represent Margaret Mary, buy some property and build some offsite. So nobody wanted to do that. So anyway, we spent, I think, $36,000 for, back then it was a lot of money in the, it was either late 70s or might have been early 80s, but one of the two. And so anyway, he's going through his presentation and he said, any questions so far? I said, yeah, where are you going to park the cars? And he said, well, we got, we've done a traffic study. I said, no, you've done it for the whole day. Where are you going to park the cars at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, 4 or 5 at night, with an, another center where three or four doctors in it? And he said, well, maybe we'll buy one of the houses across the street. And I said, well, which Hill and Brand Mansion are you going to buy? At the end of the meeting, 36 grand just blew for nothing. <laughs> so, so anyway, go ahead. to me to interrupt. Uh, how many off-site facilities do you have right now? How many off-sites? We have um, quite a few. We are we have the physician center. I mean, there's there's probably more than ten. When you look at, we have the business center, um, a couple facilities out on our Six Pine Ranch campus. Yes. We have several out on State Road 129. Um, so we are pretty spread out now. And then, like I said, we are in three surrounding communities. So yeah. we're. You're in three. Yes, Brookville, Osgood, and Milan. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess well for sales is too close. Yeah, I mean I would think so. Uh, and okay, Sherry, do you want to talk about the future plans? 
Sure. Okay. Sure, I can do that. Okay. Um, so we just recently announced uh, that we are going to build a new hospital out on our Six Pine Ranch campus, so we're very excited about that. Um, it really will allow us to grow our services and, and continue to support our community and provide quality health care for the next 90 years. Um, so I think the, the board had put a lot of thought into, you know, that's a big decision. And so um, it comes with a lot of responsibility. And I think people are excited to see that that investment's being made and really trying to build out that campus to be kind of the focus of our health and wellness campus for our community. Right. So I read phase one's 124,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's correct. Are you going to be getting grants, any state grants or Helen Brand Foundation or other foundation grants? So I think definitely looking at, um, you know, the grants that are available in the state is something that we will definitely pursue. Mm -hmm. um, I can say that I don't think at this time we have any grants locked in to support that. Um, but it is something we're definitely looking at as an organization. It is a it is a sizable spend for an organization our size, but um, you know I think a lot of the boards previous to our current board did their due diligence in being really fiscally responsible with the organization, and so um, I think we're in a good place. Everybody feels comfortable that it's you know it's the right move. Well, I, I think I'm sure things have changed over the years, but uh, uh, years ago you were. Being a nonprofit hospital, you were only allowed to have so many funds available mm -hmm. for, you know, you had to spend it, basically. Right. So that, I assume, has changed quite a bit. I mean, I think it has changed, but, you know, our margins are still, um, you know, we are still a not-for-profit. And, yeah. you know, uh, in healthcare, it's it's gotten much harder um, to make you know, make that margin to be able to invest in capital. So it's certainly something the organization stays diligent, diligent on um, managing and looking for, you know, the funding from grants and different things to help support, you know, the, the investments we want to make in our community. If not, are you going to try to raise two bonds or something? or what's... Yeah, they definitely, you know, there will be a portion of it that is um, financed. Mm -hmm. in the market so yeah that, right. that will be part of it part of it will be from you know investments so there'll be multiple ways that um that that is going to be financed for that project okay uh when do you think groundbreaking will be so tentatively we're looking at the um spring of 2024 so next spring we're hoping to break ground um and it'll be about a two-year uh, project. Well, I hope I live long enough to see it. We hope you do too. <laughs> so, uh, and now when they said phase one, is there actually going to be a phase two after that? Yeah, so we have um, a master plan. Our senior leadership team has built that out and really looking at that, um, there are a couple of additional phases. Um, you know, obviously, for our community, our intent at some point down the road would be able to consolidate all of our services that are located in Batesville onto that campus. Right. So all of our patient care would be located there. Um, that obviously is not going to happen on phase one, but it is the intent um, over you know future future phases and future years to be able to do that. It makes sense because you got a lot of property over there. Well, and it, I think from a, you know, we really focus on patient experience yeah. um, as an organization and from a patient standpoint to be able to get all of your services in one campus and not have to drive even around our small community uh, provides a better experience for, mm -hmm. for the people we serve. Okay. Now, 
when, so you, if you break ground 2024, probably completion 2026. That, that is the goal, yes. Okay. Um, big question. What's going what's gonna to happen with the old hospital? Nursing home? What? Yeah, so it's, you know, I can't answer that directly because like, we don't know yet, but I will say that the intention is to have that facility continue to serve our community right. in a positive way. Um, so we are looking to work with, we have some business um, partners that have contacted us. We're looking at what the different options could be. Mm -hmm. um, I think the important thing is for people to know that, you know, there is no intent to, to have it um, torn down or you know it will it will continue to serve this community is the intent of the organization to find the right partners to help yeah, facilitate yeah. that yeah because I, I would I would think that would be kind of a logical move right because the evidently the nursing home in Greensburg and in Batesville uh, sometimes there's a waiting list because with all the medicines available uh, people are living longer I mean yeah. all you have to do is look at Kroger and CVS, all the prescriptions waiting, and see all the whiteheads going up <laughs> to pick them up. So it's uh, it's it's amazing uh, how people are staying alive. I think uh, sixty percent of my high school class is dead. Probably another twenty percent are in nursing homes uh, with dementia or some other problems, and. Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to watch that yeah you know? but it's circle of life and uh, so in when this are are you still attracting more and more doctors to this area because this has become a regional hospital more than anything right. Yeah, it has. And I would say, yeah, obviously, our that was also a big factor in us making the decision to move forward with uh, building a new hospital is part of it is really to recruit to help recruit, um, you know, additional providers to our community and attract new providers. Right. So we have we look at um, a lot of our um, existing surgeon staff. Uh, they have they've been great surgeons in our community for a long time. But you know, they are getting to the point where at some point within the next, you know, decade for sure, they're probably going to be retiring. And so we need to yeah. be able to um, have a facility that is attractive to the young surgeons that are graduating. And that's part of part of this focus. Well, and this is a nice, great community, really. Um, are you plans or, or maybe even have one now? Do you have an orthopedic surgeon on staff? We do actually. We have two now. Really? Um, yes, oh. we do. So we have Dr. McDonald. Um, he started with us in 2019. Um, he's at our physician center on our Six Pine campus. And then, very timely of you to ask that because we have Dr. Stevens. Uh, he just started with us this this month and he'll be seeing patients the beginning of September. So really, yeah, he is a, um, actually a local, uh, young man. He went to Batesville high school, um, just finished with his, um, medical school and he is back and moved here with his family and he's looking forward to a long, long career. I think at Margaret Mary and serving this community. So Does, is his father a physician also? No, no, oh. I think actually they live, I'm not sure what his father does for a living, but I think he lives, uh, grew up on a farm outside okay. of Batesville. And um, yeah, so he's he's very excited to be here and looking forward to being involved with the kids and the schools and serving all of the patients in the community. Yeah, so, and does one of them specialize like in hips, knees, and 
They both do. Yeah. They both so they do. both do. Uh, yeah. So if you're needing any hips or knees, um, I think Dr. Stevens does shoulders. Um, yeah. So been there, done that with the hip. <laughs> <laughs> Need a knee, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, so, if you change your mind, we have great <laughs> no, surgeons. No. Uh, I, I have uh, I have a factor five Leiden gene. If you know what that is, oh, you know what that is. Okay. Nobody did until 1994. And 5% of Caucasians have this gene. And normally they don't test for it. But my, uh, my daughter developed a, a deep vein blood clot years ago. They tested her and she had the gene. So it had to come from one of us and it was me. And uh, so when I had my hip replaced, instead of getting an aspirin, I got a shot in my stomach for 10 days because you tend to clot. Oh. And, uh, and actually, I wound up with a deep vein blood clot in my leg about three months ago to have no idea what brought it on. And uh, Gray Spears said, well, you know, put me on blood thinners for 30 days. And he said, well, I'm going to put you on that for another 90 days. We'll evaluate. I said, you're never going to take me off of Mario. He said, no. I said, I just didn't want to tell you. <laughs> so, but it's it's something that uh, now, if I bump my hand the wrong way, I get a big purple mark on it. And it's just, uh, it's kind of aggravating, but it, it beats the alternative. Right, right. So, but uh, so, uh, and I'm sure you, there's no psychologists or psychiatrists or anything like that on staff, is there? We do have one um, who, I mean, he's, he's very busy, um, but we have uh, one provider in our Batesville location that really supports our behavioral health services, uh, Dr. Harrison, and then we have is some- psychiatrists, psychologists? I want to say psychologists okay. too. Yeah. Is <clears throat> yeah. that, is he mostly dealing with drug problems or depression, a lot of depression, or do you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know directly what he's, what his, mm. the majority of his patients, but you know, it covers all of those. Um, you know, there's a lot of behavioral health uh, needs in our community and in all communities right now. Honestly, that's a growing uh, area oh. across the U.S. Absolutely. So on the, um, like on, on the future doctors, obviously you're gonna have more surgeons. So in phase one, how large is the operating room gonna be? So, you know? so I don't know the exact square foot, but I can tell you that I think the rooms are about double what we have today, individual rooms. So um, that's one of our challenges right now. Um, we're just confined with our space. And so currently the guidelines um, for surgical suites are, I think, double the square foot of what we have today. So um, they will be they will be much more sizable and spacious for our surgeons um, and allow for more innovation in, yeah. down the road. Yeah. So, you know, uh, at well, I had my hip replaced at Christ, and uh, there's a doctor, you know, Patrick Kirk. I always said, beam me up, but <laughs> he, he uh, this guy, I, I had my surgery at, uh, I think it was 8.30 in the morning. 
he does nine surgeries, either either hip or knee, nine surgeries, two days a week. He was in the operating room with me for 32 minutes, and I was in there for 43, and he just goes right down the line. They hit enough operating rooms, and uh, I, I had to wait four and a half months to have him do, the, do my hip. Yeah, I believe that. Like yeah. you said, people are living much longer, so the need for those joint replacements and surgeries are, you know, growing exponentially. Yeah, yeah. My joint replacement now is Voltaire, so I just put a little on my knee. So, what uh, now? What your job? What are you actually doing? As far as I assist with. Um, uh, a wide range of um, marketing for the hospital, um, everything from newspaper, um, you know, more the the old school advertising, to um, a lot of digital advertising, social media, you know, the the Facebook um, posts, billboards, um, as well as I mean I. I've kind of gotten to be the voice of Margaret Mary. Okay. Um, a lot of times I will interview the patients and get stories and, and help share those with our community um, when we have new physicians or other providers start. Um, I'm usually the, the person to introduce them to the community. Um, so it's, it, it, it's a good job. Okay. How, uh, how far are you trying to reach out? making this a regional hospital as far as your marketing goes are, are you uh, are you going to St. Leon for instance or is that too close to Lawrenceburg not typically um, St. Leon is I mean we, we have a primary secondary um, service area and we don't usually go too far outside of our our realm so ba basically Ripley, Franklin County, maybe a little bit of uh, the Greensburg area. Right, exactly, yeah. over to New Point and yeah. um, yes, that direction. And and obviously Versailles, I imagine. Right, yeah, yes, so. we have so. quite a few patients from Versailles as well. Yeah, and because I think, isn't Ripley County only like 28,000? people and maybe yeah. Franklin 22, 23. Yeah, it's, that's probably roughly about what the sizes are. So you have 51,000 in two so, counties. Yeah, so I think when we look at it, um, we do capture all of Ripley and Franklin and then we kind of will look at parts of Decatur, parts of Dearborn, um, parts of Fayette that are, oh, you know, that surround, just, you know, kind of like that Connorsville yeah. area um, that you know, because we have our facility down in Brookville, right? So we try to oh, reach okay. some of those patients. So I think we look, when we look at our market, we tr there's a, we say roughly 70 to 75,000 individuals that we would consider part of okay. our, our service area. Now, how large and, and what type of a facility is in Brookville? I haven't been there. Um, so the, the facility in Brookville is mostly primary care. It also has a minor care. So that's kind of your walk-in, um, similar to the type of services that we provide in our ER um, for minor care services. But it's, uh, I don't know square footage-wise, but it's a big facility. Um, we have 
several providers down there, doctors and nurse practitioners. Um, so it's it's a good support. No, no emergency room. Right? Not an emergency room. Um, I know that we do occasionally have people coming in with emergencies, but they're pretty quick to get those transferred either um, to our emergency room or to the city if it's something more critical. Okay. And the one, I, I presume the one in, you have one in where else? Osgood? Osgood, yeah. So it's kind of this, it's same. smaller, but um, same structure as the way Brookville's set up. And then we have just a primary care office in Milan. Just primary care. So is there any possibility of expansion or is Milan and Osgood just too small? I think right now, you know, with where we're at from a strategic standpoint, we're looking at really developing out that, you know, focus on growth in Batesville and that campus. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there may be opportunities down the road um, to look at expansion in some of those other communities, but I don't think that that's on the short term. Yeah. How many, uh, do you know offhand, how many doctors are on staff? I'm going to look at Becky because we just, we just finalized our annual report and... I can't, I couldn't say how many, what the exact number is. It's quite a few. I would say around 40 or 50. I mean, it makes a difference though. Sometimes we have, we have the doctors who live here and work here in yeah. our community, but we also have a lot of physicians um, from one Cincinnati or, and Indianapolis. Yeah, one or two days. So sure, yeah. I, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the whole lot, the, the doctors that drive in, then, you know, it's, it's well over, a, I believe over a hundred. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So, is a hospital large enough to handle that many? Well, and some of them, time? some of them provide care. I mean, even we have radiologists um, yeah. who, uh, you know, can read scans from other locations. So, you know, even if they don't come to our facilities on a regular basis, um, we have affiliations with. Yeah, yeah. With my a wife has to go and see Woody next week. If <laughs> you know who he is from Indianapolis, uh -huh. yeah. So, uh, I was gonna say, and a fair a fair amount of those um, providers are located out on our um, outpatient clinic and cancer center on our Six Pine campus. So yeah. they're not really in the hospital today; they're on that campus already. Well, you know, now the rehab clinics part of Margaret Mary also, mm -hmm. that is really a nice rehab clinic. It I is. Mean, I, I never used it myself, but my wife did on knee replacements, and that, uh, and I saw a lot of people that I knew using it. But I, I, I was very fortunate when I had my hip done. He said, "Well, you'll, I, well, it was a Friday, and I, I left Saturday at noon, and." Uh, I said, well, when am I going to be able to drive? He said, oh, we'll talk about it in six weeks. Well, I start driving that Tuesday. And I had no problem, none none whatsoever. And uh, the, the, uh, the fellow that was come to the house after about three visits, he says, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> because I went through it. And the hip's an easy, easy recovery. That need not so much, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, but I I was really really impressed with the rehab clinic when my wife went there because she had both knees done. She had one done up in Mooresville, which was a mistake, and Patrick Kirk did the other one. She's still having problems with the one in Mooresville, and with Kirk, she's got a perfect bend, no problems at all. So 
Yeah, our um, our rehab facility is, I think, one of the unique things about that facility is we still provide one-on-one -on -one patient uh, rehab, which is different than a lot of your um, rehab centers. A lot of times they do group therapy, um, so you'll have one physical therapist working with a group of patients, but at Margaret Mary, we have still one-on-one, -on -one, so when you come in to get your therapy for rehab for your knee or your hip, it's just you know, you working directly with that therapist to help you. And so I think that is a unique feature of the care we provide there. Yeah. Well, you know, on my, the, the podcast that's going now, I had Todd Schutte on, you know, chief of fire department. And he told me something I didn't even know existed, that he's got both, in both of his ambulances, uh, he, he's got, got a, a mechanism instead of, doing respiratory as far as, you know, somebody mm -hmm. having a heart attack. It's it's battery operated and, it, and it's better, he says, saved a lot of lives. And does the hospital use anything like that in the emergency room? Oh, I couldn't speak to that. Okay. I, would, I would guess that they have pretty good equipment, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I never even heard of that. I thought you just, it was, everything was manual and, uh, but he said, yeah, I think he said, they're 25 grand a piece for each uh, each one of the ambulances. So, uh, is there anything else that's new in hospital like new equipment that state of the art stuff or any? I mean, I think we have, are always investing in our technology. I think we we just recently um, this year invested in some new imaging equipment, um, and so that's obviously something that we want to stay on top of. We always like to have good quality scans for our patients. That impacts their care and outcomes down the road. Um, but you know, other than that, right now we're kind of sitting tight, right? So yeah. Oh, absolutely. As we're yeah. as we're looking to build out that new uh, new hospital, we will have a lot of I think new equipment. Um, and latest and greatest out there. When, when did the board and the execs at the hospital start thinking about building? How long, how, has this been something that's been in the thought process for a couple years or so? Oh, absolutely. I, I can say uh, when I started at Margaret Mary in 2016, it was already a discussion point. <laughs> really? So, I can't speak to how long that it was going on before then, but I think if you talk to a lot of our senior leadership, they would probably tell you it's been something that they've been looking at for the last 20 years, really. Really? Um, yeah, just, you know, thinking about, you know, how do we grow? How do we support our community? Uh, you, it's funny you brought up parking earlier. That's something that has been a struggle for us. Uh, you know, over the years, is, is there enough parking? And, um, you know, it's no secret to anybody in Batesville that we're landlocked where we're at today. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there, there were discussions on, um, you know, the board and the senior leadership team. They really, they have spent a lot of time reviewing and analyzing and evaluating what was really the right approach. Um, you know, we, they looked at, you know, do we, could we expand? Could we add another floor to the existing hospital? Um, you know, how would, could we put a parking garage on top of our existing parking lot? So there was a lot of investing time and energy into making sure that moving from where we are today is the right decision. And I think after a lot of years of looking at a lot of different plans and a lot of different numbers, um, the board and the senior leadership team feel very confident that this is the right move. Yeah. Well, you know, because the parking lot 
was enlarged. It was really small when they had this consulting firm in, and uh, and uh, you know the, all the employees had to park at the very end. There was some parking in the grass places, and there there just wasn't any room. And I think when they expanded that parking lot, they got a maybe additional 60 parking mm-hmm. places or something like that. But it's still, you can, you can go in there. It's yeah, still packed. It's, it's still full a lot of days. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, okay, so the, uh, the, do you, do any of the doctors, I mean, the uh, neat idea to consolidate all doctors in one location, but do any of the doctors own the buildings that they're in, or is that all Margaret Mary leased to doctors? So the um, the facilities on 129 that have our additional docs, and those are Margaret Mary owned facilities. Um, so those are, you know, those are ours at this point in time. What about Stevens over by the bank? And there's the doctors that come in. He's a uh, Eyes, ears, ears, nose, and throat, or something. Um, like occupational health or a professional center. Those are also Margaret Mary owned. They're all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are. So, so basically, that's a good deal because it's a lot easier to sell a small facility, a big hospital. So. At some point, yes, yeah, yeah. That's those. Like I said, those. The consolidation of that is, you know, not yeah. part of phase one, um, but it would be something that would, you know, those. The master plan. Yeah, yeah eventually, yeah. yeah. And and by then, half these doctors will be retired. And there'll be new blood in anyway. So, and they'll probably all want to be in the hospital. I think it's neat to have a campus like uh, the little time that I my day and a half at Christ Hospital. I mean that that is so big, and they build a heart center, mm-hmm. and I, I can't imagine how big. The operating room is now because I think they wanted the heart operations out of the main hospital in a different center. Right. And just, uh, but it's a, it's incredible. Other thing that comes up. Nurses, hiring nurses is a problem. A shortage of nurses. Mm-hmm. What will be the game plan to get nurses? Because I'll tell you, I I was against this. But when, when we were giving, evaluating nurses for a raise, Cincinnati and Indianapolis were $3 an hour higher. No one cared but was what Greensburg and Lawrenceburg were and wanted to stay in that because they said they don't want to drive to Cincinnati. Uh, are you... And, and maybe this has all changed. Are you on the same level as Cincinnati, Indianapolis? I, I know you can't be for, I forget Wisher to what it's called now because uh, they were advertising several months ago starting at $90 an hour. Right. But are you competitive with Cincinnati and Indy? Yeah, so I would say we do a really good job of, um, you know, our HR leaders go through a lot of analysis that we do with the Cincinnati and Indianapolis markets to make sure that we're in the competitive range, right? So, um, you know, we're never uh, going to be in a position where we can say that we're paying more than those large systems. No, because nobody's going to want to drive. I mean, if they work 412s or or 312s, however you're doing it today, uh, you, you still got 
two-hour round trip to Cincinnati and a little more than a two-hour trip to Indy. Right. So, I mean, and, and that has to be taken into consideration. Um, it, and it does. I will say I think our leadership is very focused on um, right now we are, you know, we have some open positions but not a ton of open positions. And I think it's we're really focused on trying to retain our good staff oh, um, yeah. and taking care of our people, right? So I think that is... Um, for Margaret Mary, it is very much a family environment, and I think you know the more that we foster that, um, you know, it's it's never going to be just about uh, the dollar per hour. Um, there's a lot more to being part of the Margaret Mary family than than just that. I will say, I think they do a good job of trying to make sure that we are we are competitive um, as much as we can be with those large systems. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a good situation today. I was just thinking in the future because. My granddaughter, uh, and she could have got done a lot better, but if she went to crazy uh, New York City or LA or something, but she uh, took a did a 13-week commitment in West Virginia hospital there. Three uh, twelves, and I I believe it was. Uh, $90 an hour, a $3,000 a month stipend, plus um, if she worked overtime, time and a half, or on a Sunday, it was double time. Right. <laughs> so here's a young girl, you know, and she didn't like it, and I think that'll eventually settle back, but I mean, uh, LA was offering uh, at the one hospital, uh, which you probably have to work there and be armed, but uh, I think it was uh, a $6,000 stipend and it was uh, $150 an hour. So, do you ever have traveling nurses come into your hospital? We have had traveling during kind of the height of COVID um, and okay. even post-COVID, we still had some traveling nurses that were there. Uh, today, actually, we do not have yeah. any traveling staff in our facility, which... Well, that's um, good. It is. So yeah. we, we like to keep local talent um, and, you know, it, I think, creates a better patient experience um, and a really, you know, we've had some great traveling nurses and they helped us out when we, when we needed that help. Yeah. But the more we can avoid that, the better I think it is for our staff, our patients. Um, and so that's really our focus is to make sure that we're competitive um, in our offers of what we do uh, from a benefits standpoint and that we are focused on, you know, retaining our staff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's amazing. And I, I, and I, I, I don't know what it, why do you think there is such a nursing shortage? Do you think it's because of COVID that they got burnt out or? I think, you know, there's a, it's, it's not just a, it's not just a nursing thing. I think it's an all of healthcare. Oh. There's right. There's a in all business. Right. There's yeah. a there's a focus. Um, you know, on just there's a lot of things added in to nursing that I think have become cumbersome um, and a burden to some. Um, certainly, there was a lot of stress managing COVID, and then there was um, you know a lot of stress afterwards. I think with people that delayed care. So we see a lot of times, you know, more critically ill patients and um, it's, just, you know, a lot of different factors, I think. But um, I think it's something that we're all cognizant of and, and trying to hope that we can help improve that experience for our staff. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's uh, it, it's it's just a shame. I mean, nursing's a good career, and uh, but I, it's it's everything. My daughter's one daughter's an HR director for three hundred CPAs, and what these kids out of college expect to make coming out with no experience it, it's just insane so I, and i know you said you have a, another meeting and i'd like this to last longer so because we're only at about 40 minutes and we usually have an hour but uh any words of wisdom before we you go any thank you for having us today um well, i've I love Margaret Mary. Um, it's it's been good to me. I've used the services. I've had my four children there, um, and and sometimes I think we forget uh, how blessed we are in this community oh, yeah. to um, have such a great place to work, but also to receive care without the drive. So yeah, yeah that's Sherry. Yeah, anything. No, I would echo what Becky said. I think it's, you know, Margaret Mary is such an instrumental organization in this community. I think they invest a lot to make sure that we take care of, you know, our patients and the people um, that we serve. And I think that's, you know, if you step outside of Batesville into other rural communities, you recognize just how lucky uh, we are to have that organization and the doctors that we have and the staff, the nursing staff that we have are really, they're just incredible people. Um, and so we are so grateful to have them. Yeah. Well, it's a great community and great hospital. I have very fond memories of my time there. And I, after five years, I was just too busy to continue or I would have. So um, I'll tell you, so you make your meeting. Uh, let's sign off right now. And... I want to thank everybody for listening, and God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Talk to you on the next podcast.